Well, hello everyone and welcome to another message. And this is for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. It is for Sunday, May the 15th, 2022. Thanks for being here. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for joining us for another, I pray is, uh, is a timely message for each one of us related to how we pray and how we give focus to our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a thing that we need to look at here as we grow older and as we become more experienced with being a Christian, and that's maturity. And that's what we're gonna be focusing on here today as well too. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and give this matter to the Lord and uh, go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this time. We pray, Lord, that the words that are spoken are not my words, but your words. And we thank you, Lord, for how you show us over and over again your goodness, that you indeed hear us and respond to us. And it may not be the timing that we want, but it's the timing that is perfect because it's in your timing. We pray, Lord, that as we hear the verses and uh, the different ways that we express ourselves in prayer, we pray, Lord, that we are just going to continue to grow and develop more and more as we seek after you and as you teach us. And we give you praise and thanks for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm very thankful and I'm overjoyed to report that my father had successful surgery to remove the remains of a small tumor in his stomach and that he is indeed eating and drinking without any issues. Now, dad had mentioned uh, just before leaving the hospital that the food for breakfast was pretty good, but that there was no bacon. And I told him once he leaves the hospital that it would be worth the while for him to go and uh, go to First Watch and get some bacon there and not worry about whatever the hospital is calling bacon. Um, the bottom line is that he's doing better. And we're moving forward with the knowledge that 17 months of continuous prayer over my father's condition was addressed. 17 months of continuous prayer with prayers answered. To God be the glory and to God be the praise. Amen. I'm sharing this not because my efforts in prayer were for my father were anything special. They were simple, ordinary prayer requests over what I would consider to be a long period of time. But God has a way to take what is ordinary and answer in an extraordinary way. God turns the ordinary into extraordinary. And that is how we are to always see him and the results of our prayers, amen. In order to see his extraordinary ways, we must build upon the fundamentals within our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that begins with fervent prayer. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17, depending upon your Bible version, provides an easy memory verse on how to pray. Pray without ceasing, or pray continually. Continuous prayer is something that all of us need to practice. In other words, don't stop praying. Amen. Your life as a believer in Jesus must be a life full of prayers, full of prayers and petitions to God, a lifetime of prayers and petitions. 
Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Now, I'll be reading this from the NIV version. It's a very familiar passage. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is sharing here how prayers and petitions are indeed remedies for anxiety. How appropriate is this message for today? God provides answers, and we are thankful to experience the relieving presence of Jesus, even as we wait on him for whatever those answers are. Now, we all know what prayer is. Now, I'm going to provide a Christian-based definition for the purposes of this message, and I'm doing that because if you look up prayer, there's all kinds of definitions out there. But essentially, prayer is an act of communion with God. It can include elements of worship, devotion, confession, praise, and thanksgiving. Jesus provides a reminder in Scripture as to the fundamentals as to how we are to pray. And that is at Matthew chapter 6. Go to Matthew 6. Let's look at verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Starting at verse 9, this is also the NIV version. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this is merely the fundamental way for us to pray. That's what Jesus is giving us here. When we pray, there should be some form of structure the structure is for what reason? For less rambling and greater focus. Now, this is how a new believer or perhaps a person who is new to prayer or is still developing prayer should start practicing the act of prayer. What is the most important element of these fundamentals? It is a foundation of reverence and respect for God in the examples that Jesus is giving to us. Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, to pray at all times in the Spirit. When we do this, we should always remember that even when we are unsure about what to pray about, Jesus and the Holy Spirit provides intercession for us. And thank goodness for that, because sometimes we really just don't quite know how to pray, but it doesn't change our approach. We still should go to the Lord directly through the power of the Holy Spirit and allow our heart to speak. Take a look real quick, please, at Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 26 and 27, and then we're going to look at verse 34. Romans 8, 
chapter 20, or pardon me, Romans chapter 8, then verses 26 and 27, and then we'll go to verse 34. Starting at verse 26, this is the ESV version. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then drop down to verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. You see the role that the Holy Spirit and Jesus play in making interpretation at times as to how we feel and what we're praying for. As he knows our innermost thoughts, he will take our prayers and petitions and make sense out of them before God. Amen. What a glorious God we have. He knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He helps give our prayers structure before God. By the way, Jesus is not impressed with long prayers in your efforts to show yourself as important. Before Jesus gave us the fundamental way to pray, he shared this. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. Let's go back to Matthew 6, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8. This is the English Standard Version. Follow along in your version, please. Verse 5 in Matthew 6, And when you pray, you must not like be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And that's the key here. He already knows your heart. Prayer is to be taken very, very seriously. Amen. Very, very seriously. As you mature in your relationship with Jesus, your reverence, your respect, and honor for God should grow with it. Now, I also mentioned petitions to God. Petitions. Petitions are essentially specific requests made to God. I could probably do a message about petitions all by itself. Uh, but this is the element of one's faith that is much like using silly putty. Now, silly putty, of course, that goes from a long time ago. It has stretching capabilities when it is at room temperature, and it can be formed into an infinite number of shapes. There's no limit to it. Our faith may start us out in one place, but when we, when we begin to pray with specificity, our faith will indeed be stretched, and it will even be challenged, but in a very good 
and very healthy way. The prayers for my father over 17 months were very specific, and God showed me beyond all doubt that he responds and answers prayer in extraordinary ways. Please take a look at Jeremiah 33. We're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 33, and we're going to look at verse 3. Jeremiah 33, then verse 3. We serve an amazing God. He says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Your prayers and petitions over time should reflect a maturity in Jesus Christ. He's going to show you things that even are above and beyond what you would expect. Maturity is not tied to your age. It's tied to your consistent focus on Jesus and your consistent prayers. Praying continually, praying with specificity, and praying with focus on Jesus Christ. Are you worried about anything? Well, you know what to do. You know you need to pray. Each one of us can pray with consistency and see the results of what God can do and what he ultimately will do. John chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. He hears all prayers. He listens to you. He wants you to tell him how you are feeling. And he wants you to speak your mind. Believe me when I tell you that he can take whatever you dish out. Amen. It is very important for all believers, all believers in Jesus Christ, to remain focused on Jesus. It is only when we remain focused on Jesus where we will continue to grow and mature in our faith. And that's a very key element here. You've got to stay focused on Jesus if you expect to have any sort of growth and maturity in your faith walk. Your prayers as you stay in God's word each day will indeed get better with content. You're going to get better at praying. They will become less general and more refined. As you trust in Jesus, he will help you with your focus on prayer. And in turn, growing and maturing in your relationship with him. Let's discuss this focus on prayer as we mature in Jesus. Here are five areas of focus for us to know as we pray. The first is faith. Faith. It all begins with faith. The foundation of everything that we believe about Jesus. It is a prerequisite within your life as a believer. Faith. Please take a look at Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6.
Hebrews 11.6 is very clear about the importance of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? Please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That was from the English Standard Version, Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15 is another verse to take a look at here. Go to 2 Timothy 2, and we'll look at verse 15. So we know how important faith is, but look at what it says in the midst of this in 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now that verse really does stand for a person who is mature in Christ. Believe it's going to happen. If it's in his will, it will happen. And 1 John chapter 5, please turn to that. 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15. 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15. And this is also the English Standard Version I'm going to be reading from. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. Verse 14, ask and, pardon me, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Now, what does all this require, though, to believe that this all can happen? It's faith. Faith is required as you build your confidence in the power of God and what he can do in response to your prayers. This consistent approach is necessary for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit to have its greatest impact in your maturity as a believer. You must be an active participant in your faith journey with Jesus. In other words, you don't just expect Jesus to do everything for you. You've got to be an active participant. You have to reach out to him, believe in him, trust in him. It really does go both ways if you want to experience the maximum effect of what Jesus can do in your life. The next point in our focus is openness openness. A prayerful believer must be open to what God will do in the midst of prayer and be receptive to the results. You've got to be open to what God can do. And the results can go anyway. Whatever way they may go, you need to be open to that. This is part of how God stretches your faith just like silly putty. Amen. He really will do that. But we always have to remember that God tells us something that's very important for us to consider. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says, For nothing 
will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And take a look at Romans, turn to Romans 12, verse 12. Romans 12, 12. It says in Romans 12, 12, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Now sometimes, and being constant in prayer, let me just make sure that I've mentioned that, stay in prayer even if you don't see anything right away, even if you don't understand what's going on. You stay with it. You don't give up. Faith requires us at times to take risks as we grow in Christ. Take risks. Being open to a myriad of possibilities as we pray to God is indeed a risk worth taking. It's worth taking because we need to see the ultimate power of God as he answers prayer. Until that moment comes, we must rejoice as we worship him, be patient as we wait on him, and of course, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Take a look real quick, please, at Genesis 18. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Genesis 18, 14. Interestingly enough, this is a communication between God and Abraham. It says in verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? It's a good question, isn't it? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Of course not. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. 99-year-old Sarah is going to have a son. Amen. We often pray based upon our own reasoning. Jesus challenges us to go beyond our reasoning. He reminded his disciples that with God, everything is possible. And of course, that's in Matthew 19, verse 26. We all know Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. In the same way that we trust in him as far as the direction that we take and how we move, it's the same principle in prayer. You trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own way of thinking. The next thing to look at here in our focus is consistency. Consistency. A prayerful believer is a believer who is steady and consistent in his communication with God. It starts with reading his word on a daily basis and by remaining in prayer as often as possible. And we get this principle early on in Scripture when we look back at Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. I'm going to bring this to you from the New Living Translation, but it's Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. And I love how this passage just sets the table for the one we're praying to and who he is. 
Verse 4, Deuteronomy 6. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That sets the tone for how the entire family, you being the person who may be in charge or maybe second in charge, whatever it is, the bottom line, you're setting the tone in your household for the importance of looking to the Lord and where the focus should be. Your prayers should reflect that same approach. Joshua 1.8, also in the New Living Translation, says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You have to have a consistent approach when it comes to your lifestyle in Christ. And of course, the world is going to have a totally different approach to this. The world is loaded with distractions. The Lord will, you know, is going to remind you of the importance on staying focused on him. Take a look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Galatians 6 verse 9. And honestly, this is going to be something that's going to be key no matter what happens. Don't give up. Look at what it says in verse 9 of Galatians 6. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Amen. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Don't give up. Never give up. Stay the course. The next part of focus is understanding. Understanding. God is continually teaching within the prayer process with his provision of wisdom and knowledge through the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. He is teaching us even as we are praying to him. It's a regular practice that we're doing and he's teaching us all through that. He wants us to see the outcomes. He wants you, he wants you to recognize what's happening as you're praying. He's teaching us. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says, this is the English Standard Version, Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord, the reverence you have for the Lord. Giving honor to the Lord. When you do that, he starts teaching you. You are being taught, and you will continually be taught by him. 
as you regard who he is in your life. That's very important. Psalm 119, verse 130, says the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. And we all need wisdom, don't we? We all need his guidance. We all need greater understanding as we go through this practice of continual prayer. We often equate wisdom and knowledge with life experiences and college degrees. Neither of these achievements compares to godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. God wants people to who love him and experience his peace. He wants those individuals to be consistent in fellowship with him. If you love the Lord, you're going to practice these things. It's going to be a, it's going to be like second nature to you. Take a look at James chapter 3 verse 17. James 3:17. Verse 17, James chapter 3, ESV version. But the wisdom from above is pure, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. There's no greater wisdom than that. That's exactly what we need in these times we're living in. We need pure reasoning. We need pure wisdom, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. God wants us to know truth as we seek truth. Our prayers should reflect that very attitude. And finally, in focus is steadfastness. Steadfastness. The only time we usually see the word steadfastness is in Scripture. It's just not a word used very often. Um, but Jesus bolsters you up in your prayers to remain firm and steadfast. And to be steadfast is merely standing firm. That's what it represents. Keeping your eyes on Jesus requires an immovable and unchanging attitude. Immovable and unchanging. No matter what's going on, you stay the same. Take a look at James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 4 and also verse 12. James 1, starting at verse 4. And here's where you'll see the word steadfastness. Verse 4, And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Then drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Don't stop loving Jesus. Don't hesitate to call on him. Remain firm in your stance. Steadfastness emulates 
the unchanging character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants you to be like him, especially in this manner. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He wants us to remain firm in our faith as we pray and seek after him. He remains our great I am as we seek him for answers and guidance with our prayers and petitions. Your focus in your prayers and petitions require the following. Faith, openness, consistency, understanding, and steadfastness. You might have noticed that that spells, those three, those five words spell the word focus. Trust Jesus in your prayers every step of the way. As we look to Jesus in prayer, we, may we always present ourselves as acceptable to him. We must be mindful of being an obedient servant for him. We don't want to find any reasons to stifle or block our prayers because we're not being obedient to his word. Go to Romans 12 and let's look at verses 1 and 2. Again, a very familiar passage, but it can't be written or read too often because this is the challenge that we have as believers. We have to remain, if you want to remain steadfast and you're going to be in your faith and studying his word and making sure that you're obedient to his word, that's very, very important here. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You will be tested. You will be challenged. But it's going to be very important for you to recognize that allow God to transform you to this mature believer who is praying and seeking after him as often as possible. And see what a difference that makes in your life. We have to be right before Jesus when we go into prayer. Right meaning living the right way, doing the right things, being obedient to his word. Don't hesitate to ask for forgiveness as we move through life. If you sinned, ask for forgiveness. Get right before God. He is faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. That's in 1 John 1, 9. No matter how long it takes, make your requests known to God. Your prayers and petitions. The results of your prayers will be extraordinary. Pray continually. Pray with specificity. Pray with focus on the one who loves you, Jesus Christ. 
Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your teaching. You indeed give us direction on how we are to live for you. And Lord, will you tell us these things more than just for our own good, but because we want to live the abundant life in you. As we learn more about who you are, teach us more about who we are. Give us discernment. Help us to make decisions that honor you and glorify you. And Lord, as we pray, let us not allow ourselves to pray selfishly, but to pray with the consideration for not just ourselves, but for others around us, for our church, the people that we come in contact with. Lord, we know that you love everyone and you desire for everyone to have that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, may our hearts reflect the same thing as we pray to you, as we seek after you. Lord, of course, we want to see people healed, not just physically, but spiritually. And we thank you for how you answer these prayers in ways that we don't sometimes understand, but Lord, we can't question and we don't want to question your goodness and how you go about it. We know that many times you answer these prayers above and beyond what we even know how to pray about. And we thank you for that too. Thank you for affirming us as we seek after you. Thank you for your teaching. And thank you for being a wonderful, glorious God. We pray, Lord, that others can experience you in the same manner and experience you in such a way where they indeed will give you the glory. We thank you. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for this message. God bless you. Remember that your prayers and petitions do matter, but they must be consistent. God loves you, and he wants to show you how much he loves you. He will respond to you if you pray. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.